Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. This crowd rises to its feet. But Carl slammed it home. Garland left wing, three ball. Perfect. Garland part of the lane, lobbed him. Mobley, pow. And Allen blocked the shot at the rim. Pow with the left hand and a foul. Welcome to the Chase Down Podcast, part of the Cavs Media family. I'm your host, Justin Rowan. The Chase Down is presented by Fubo TV. Watch over 100 channels of live sports and TV for half the cost of cable. There's no contract and no commitment. Try for free at FuboTV.com. The offseason keeps rolling around, and we are going to kick things off and start doing some of our recaps for the past season. We're going to break things down by position group, and today we are going through the guards, talking about what went well, what could have gone better, uh, whether or not the positions needed to be addressed in the offseason, and joining me today to get this started is my co-host, Carter Rodriguez. Carter, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. Uh, your boy uh, is a big professional night for your boy. Uh because Emmy nominated Carter Rodriguez is Emmy losing Carter Rodriguez. Shouts oh. out to the League of Legends team who beat uh, out uh, uh, the other candidates in best outstanding esports production at the Sports Emmys tonight. However, huge shout out to the Call of Duty League gang who produced, in my opinion, one of the very, very best shows in all of esports. So, bit of a bummer. But nevertheless, still very, very proud. And I can put Emmy nominated on my LinkedIn. And that's really what we're looking for, Justin. Yeah, you know what? Um, my, my condolences for you coming up uh, just a little bit short. That's very impressive to get nominated. Uh, part of me feels a little bit relieved because if you're putting an Emmy behind yourself, like I have enough trouble keeping you in check as is. I, I don't want that level of ego uh, infiltrating the podcast. It, it just would be too much. Yeah, it would have gone over. Uh, it would have gone over like right over here in this in this part of the uh, of the frame. Uh, but nevertheless, you know, uh, you know, you you you, you live, you learn, um, and uh, very very proud of the team. Uh, all jokes aside, and was it was really cool just to have the moment. Uh, and uh, and uh, it, I have a pretty cool day job. I won't lie. <laughs> that is pretty cool. But actually, you know what? This kind of transitions into something I want to talk about before we discuss the Cavs guards today, which is <laughs> years ending, not the way that teams expect, not the way that people expect. And I'm just kind of remarking, Carter, at the way that every single team in the Eastern Conference, the best Eastern Conference that we've seen in a very long time, every team that avoided the plan with the exception of Brooklyn, I'd say, 
is not feeling great about how their season ended. I know this is a little premature. Boston hasn't lost just yet. But when you look at Milwaukee, in all likelihood, Boston, unless the unprecedented happens, um, you, you look at New York, all those teams lost to an eight seed. Cavs obviously lost to the New York Knicks. Uh, we are still reeling. We are still healing from all of that. Philadelphia 76ers, 3-2 lead. And that gets blown against the Boston Celtics. It's just remarkable, man. We we talked about going into the playoffs, how even though there were these three teams that we, you and I felt were a tier above the Cavs, there were so many question marks with each one of these. And uh, listening back to last week's podcast, I said the uncertainty with Jalen Brunson. I meant Jalen Brown. But you look at the top of the Eastern Conference and... Man, like just, I don't feel like anybody is going into this offseason saying like, you know what? Good job. Good job, us. This, that is exactly how we wanted the season to end. I, I think the Knicks can feel good about beating the Cavs. I, I think of that group, they can feel the best. But man, it's just, it's been a really, really surprising playoff so far. Yeah, I mean, thank God, really. It takes a lot of heat off our boys. Um, though hopefully not uh, internally. Uh, hopefully it's not taking any heat off them internally. But yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy to have the top four teams in the conference all go down in flames. Um, you know, uh, the top, uh, potentially, we, we could be looking at one through three seeds all letting go of their coach mm-hmm. uh, this summer. Um, it, it's just wild. And, you know, I, I talked about it a little bit about how parody seems to be stronger than ever. Um, so to being top heavy, maybe that's not as good in the modern league because, you know, the difference between the 10th best player and the 30th best players in that league. But I think Boston has better depth than Miami, <laughs> I mean, yeah. uh, at least from a pedigree perspective. It's just it is hard to fathom how this is going so badly for Boston. I just think the real answer is these teams are all crazy close, one through eight in both conferences, and it just every series is a little, you know, flash in the panty, you know? Yeah. just It just depends on who's in good, good form right now. It feels like hockey or something. It, it really um, and, does. Yeah, and, it, and, and it's hard to wrap your head around it. Yeah, the, the margins are a lot thinner, and I don't want to go full Daryl Morley here and, and say, you know, playoffs are a small sample size, but they are, right? And when you have an Eastern Conference that's this competitive, you're going to have things like this. And, and to me, it's remarkable that people, that I'm seeing complaints, because I feel like this has been one of the best playoffs that I've watched in a very, very long time. Um, one of the major complaints people have had is that the playoffs are too predictable. We just, you know, the top seeds are always going to win. We know who's going to be in the NBA Finals. No, that's very different. Well, in one conference, you do have a one seed. That was the best team all season. Uh, you know, after they locked things up, uh, they, they took their foot off the gas a little bit. But come playoffs, they're just dominating everyone. They're wiping the floor with everybody in the Western Conference. And in the East, you have the Miami Heat, who have been to the conference finals three of the last four years. They went through this season with the most player games missed in terms of injuries. Um, they were experimenting with things throughout the regular season. It wasn't that there's a notion that the Miami Heat aren't taking the regular season serious and they're just flipping the switch when it comes to the playoffs. No, they had guys in and out of the lineup. They were working on empowering guys like Gabe Vincent, Max Struess, Caleb Martin, uh, bringing in you know Kevin Love, who didn't play well throughout the course of the regular season for them, who they weren't able to play in the play-in, but because you know they gave them those reps and 
that those reps probably cost them in the seedings falling from like five and six down to eight. But, you know, giving those reps, taking a different approach to the regular season, that's what helped get them to this point that they're at. And man, that's that's a good team. That's a good team in a very good conference. Yeah, it's um, it, it's really they obviously have the pedigree. Um, they have the, the they have the best coach in the league, which, you know, if the margins are thinner, then maybe your coach matters more than it ever has. Um, and Spo is uh, a savant. Mm-hmm. Um, man, I, they recently showed highlights of, uh, suppose first finals run with LeBron and co, uh, he is on some kind of super non-aging serum. <laughs> he looks great. <laughs> he looks great. Anyway, uh, you know, I think he's the best coach in the league. They have a, they have a bunch of 16 game players, um, and they are taking advantage, but then there's just stuff that's weird. They were the worst shooting team in the league from three, yeah. and That's... and they're and they're they're burning the nets down on on some open shots, but a lot of contested ones. I mean, you know, Simmons and Russell were talking about it in the second play-in game. Gabe Vincent had zero points in twenty-seven minutes, and now he's scoring twenty-nine in the conference finals. Mm-hmm. Like we still talk about Booby Gibson because he had a game like that, and Gabe Vincent's doing it every other game. Yeah, like. Yep. They, they, it, it just feels like a team of destiny right now. Um, but I do think one, you know, we as self-obsessed Cavs fans, I think we're always looking for things to kind of tie back to this team. And the one thing I will say is, all these teams are actually pretty old. You know, with the exception of Jason and Jalen uh, for Boston, like most of these teams are playing veteran players that uh, you know, one through eight. They've all seen some stuff, you know, we're seeing repeats of conference finals from years past. And, uh, man, I, maybe, maybe it is just some more seasoning. Uh, maybe it is, uh, you know, you're also seeing teams who can rely on their seventh and eighth men Mm -hmm. to like, not just play okay, but to win them games. Um, and, uh, you know, you just kind of keep looking for little blueprints, little, little things uh, to to figure out what's going to take this Cavs team up to this level because, you know, even with one through three in the conference feeling pretty terrible, I still feel like the Cavs feel far away just by the nature of how they lost to that Knicks team. Um, so, you know, it's it's going to be an interesting dynamic to see kind of, as I always say, what, what lessons Kobe tries to take away. Yeah, honestly, like for me as a fan, I'm... I'm looking at this and I'm looking at Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, you know, 26, 25 years old. And like, they're still learning. They're still going through that process. And that makes me uneasy a little bit because we're still dealing with Evan Mobley, who's 21 years old, Darius Garland, 23 years old, Donovan Mitchell, 26, Jared Allen just turned 25, right? Like there's like, there's so much pressure in the NBA. And I think it really highlights just how hard the job is because you build a team that looks like it has a lot of runway and, what you have to do is keep trying to to add talent, to to add the supports, to make it seem like you're always moving in the right direction. And there's so many teams that have these good foundations that don't get to that mountaintop, and, and the margins are so thin, and you have to have so much luck. Um, I, Justin, I don't I'll know. tell you what. I don't know if you know this. Only one team wins every year. <laughs> I I am aware of this. I, I've heard 20, rumors. 20, of that. Twenty-nine losers. You, you know, know I, I love I love doing my research. I'll, I'll need to double check that fact, but it sounds true. Uh, but you know, it, like to me, it 
just kind of highlights the need to enjoy the the process to enjoy kind of the the journey because we know how great it feels at the top and i still believe that this is a Cavs core uh that can get to those heights um it's just you know it's a lot of damn work uh but you're right they, there is a lot of kind of instability around the Cavs in the eastern conference i think that's something that you know could go to their favor um i i always say right like the NBA is not algebra, right? Like you're not doing NBA algebra of, well, we lost to this team by five, but that team beat the other one. If you're doing that, you could say, hey, the Knicks gave Miami a bigger fight than Boston. So therefore the Knicks, the Cavs are actually closer to the, to the heat than Boston is. And, and you can do all that kind of stuff. That's not the case, man. It's styles makes fights. And more than anything, I, I know I've said this before and I'm repeating myself, but off season is that time of year where you repeat yourself. It's hard to do any of that when it comes to the cast, because the team we saw in the playoffs is not their best shot. It's not how good they can look, but you know what? We've talked so much about the playoffs. I, I want to do a little bit of recapping of this season and we're going to start things off with the guards for the Cleveland Cavaliers. And you know me, I like to start with the bright side. So I want to go with what went well this season. Uh, the group of players we'll be discussing today, Darius Garland, Donovan Mitchell, Ricky Rubio, and Howell Neto. Carter, I'll let you kick things off with Darius. What what went well for Darius in your eyes this season? Um, I feel like he had no learning curve um, next to Mitchell. Uh, I feel like that is the number one thing, as he kind of he kind of figured out how to maintain his efficiency and his impact from last season, you know, while incorporating a high volume, uh, backcourt partner. Mm -hmm. Um, and maybe it was the reps with Colin Sexton over the years. Um, maybe it's just cause he's super smart and, uh, you know, and uh, could figure it out. But I thought the fact that his numbers mostly stayed the same year over year, was wildly encouraging, you know? Um, I, th I think sometimes people, when you hear about growth, you expect to see, you know, the, the points kind of going up every year on the line graph. But I think when you consider all the context around the team, the fact that he did maintain where he was was super exciting. And then he also added a little bit of high, you know, volume variance. You know, he's, he dropped a couple 50 burgers this year. <laughs> which I never thought he would be that kind of player. So I I'm just aware, feel Carter. like don't, don't make me remind you. I know. So I think that, uh, you know, I think the wide angle, what went well, and I know you've got a lot of great stats that I'll let you rattle off. Cause you actually prep for this podcast. But, um, I, I just feel like it's the, you know, the fact that he was able to maintain while also finding opportunities to reach new heights individually. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so interesting that the transition was as smooth as it was, given how rocky the start was, right? Like, you know, getting poked in the eye by Gary Trent Jr. I think maybe that helped Mitchell more than anything, kind of get get to know the teammates, get a little comfortable. And then Darius, his game is so malleable that you can just throw him into any lineup and he knows what he needs to do. And um, I, you, you look at the year over year stats, like you said, the points per game. Uh, pretty much the same. If you look per 36, they're up just a tad. Uh, reduce his turnover percentage from 16.3% to 13.5%. Of players to average over 7.5 assists per game, only Chris Paul and Tyrese Halliburton average fewer turnovers. That's a great uh, stat, Justin. I, 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 I think the eye test on his defense um, improved as well. 
Uh, we, we had talked last year about seeing improvement individually and kind of his consistent compete level on that end. And I thought he did a good job as an on-ball defender or as good as you can expect uh, for someone of his stature. And that's reflected in the numbers as well. Uh, there is no perfect defensive stats uh, when it comes to catch-alls, but uh, long-time listeners of this podcast do know that I like EPM. Uh, his defensive EPM improved from plus 0.2 to plus 0.8 which is 64th percentile to 80th, which, I mean, you're never going to expect him to be a large impact guy, but if you can go from break even to, you know, slight positive and situational positive, I think that that's a, a really big step. I thought he played good defense this year and, you know, career best efficiency, uh, 58.7 true shooting percentage, uh, given everything that he went through this year from the eye injury to uh, the injury to his shooting hand, uh, to the flus that seemed to hit this team all season long. I'll tell you what, this team had the flu for a cool three months. <laughs> we we really need to get uh, on our immune system boost, and we I don't yeah, know if it's come smoothies on, or what the deal is. <laughs> yeah, get get uh, get head trainer uh, Steve Swiro some emergency, uh, <laughs> and just start mixing that into the Gatorade. <laughs> I'm you pretty know, sure that stuff doesn't work. Yeah, you know what? I I fall for all I those still gimmicks. Ta- I still take it anyway. Yeah. You know, <laughs> if you feel cold coming on, you'll do anything. Oh, I start housing cold effects. I start having uh, those Gatorade lights, Pedialyte. I'm hydrating like crazy, man. Uh, it's, I I do everything to to avoid that. But you know what? Overall, I I think what you said is the most important thing. The transition was so smooth with him. It didn't. Uh, his growth this year didn't come at the expense of anybody else. Uh, we saw Evan Mobley improve. We saw Donovan Mitchell improve. Like, I, I just continue to think that this is such a perfect point guard to build around in today's game because of the way that you can add all sorts of talent around him and his game isn't going to suffer. And the hardest thing to do in the NBA is to acquire talent. Sometimes you have to make weird fits work. And Darius Garland has a game who, that just adapts to all of those situations and makes the team building process so much easier. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Yeah, one thing I do think, you know, we might get poked on uh, from uh, less uh, uh, positive listeners 
uh, is the idea that, yeah, the defense was better, but he still got torched by Bronson in the postseason. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think, I think this is one spot where we are pretty aligned that like, I, I watched those games really closely and Brunson certainly got some buckets on him. Um, but I thought he did fine on Brunson. I don't think, I don't think Brunson uh, had a parade of easy shots and, and wide open layups where Darius was getting wiped out on screens. I thought he stayed connected. I thought he played physically. He's obviously not as strong as Brunson, but, um, you know, I thought he made him work as hard, uh, you know, as hard as anyone not named Isaac Okoro Mm -hmm. in that series. Um, and uh, so I'm, I'm going to kind of preeminently, I'm going to preeminently say that I, I think it did hold up in the postseason. I don't think this was a thing where, you know, it's easy to be a good regular season defender because no one's hunting you. Um, but I, I thought, I thought even when he was hunted in the postseason, he held up, mar- you know, reasonably well. I know a lot of the numbers don't necessarily represent that, and what that's why you know every now and again you have to go uh, eye test and kind of decide does this align with what I think I'm seeing on the court? Yeah. You know, uh, points per possession uh, on individual matchups in the postseason series are so noisy. So it kind of comes down. Yes, it matters. But also, I do think there is a degree of which, you know, you have to evaluate your own basketball belief system to determine that. So if if you don't think Darius played good defense on Jalen Bronson in the postseason, you know, I, I won't like... I won't defend it to the death. The numbers are on your side, but I thought he did okay. And mm-hmm. okay was good enough to, to you know, uh, to to win a series, uh, in in my opinion. They just they just dropped the ball in other areas. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And as you pointed out, Jalen Brunson played better against the Miami Heat. He put up much better numbers. And um, I, I, I agree. I think Darius stayed with him well. I, my only, like, beef with kind of those coverages was stop sending so much extra help right like no don't have jared allen come out there just play it straight up live with jalen brunson hitting tough shots and he is a tough shot maker right like darius did stick with him he did contest um i i think okoro's really the only guy that's physical enough and and has the stature to disrupt the rhythm of jalen brunson and uh really deter shots in those ways but if you're talking about sticking with guys it wasn't like he was giving him the clear path to the basket so I, i i completely agree there um Next up, Donovan Mitchell, man. Freaking Donnie. Donnie won me over this season. And honestly, I was down on his postseason. Obviously, he he struggled against the New York Knicks. And uh, we, we've talked about that a fair bit. But the discourse has shifted so dramatically when it comes to Donovan Mitchell that I'm like all the way back. My, my cape is back on because I, I think people are overlooking just how great he was this season. Career best in points per game. Career best in efficiency. Uh, tied for his career best three-point uh, percentage. Defensive EPM, again, plus 0.2. Um, so 65th percentile, up from 40th. Best he's had since 2019. Uh, he was a plus 1.5 in 2018 as a rookie, which is insane. That's really, really good. And plus 0.5 in 2019. But after that, he had been a negative in every single year of his career. So for him to get up to that slight plus on the defensive end, and, you know, we saw possessions where he really was going out there and making plays, being an event defender. And I thought that's what he was best at. But for him to improve his contributions on both ends of the floor and be such a seamless fit with the Cavs, 
I thought that it, that was a really, really hell of a season and deserving of all NBA. Really, he should have been all NBA first team. Stop rewarding teams that didn't even make the playoffs. Uh, couldn't agree more on on that last point. Uh, but I didn't realize it was his first all NBA appearance of his career. Yep. Um, and uh, you know, I thought he did improve in meaningful ways year over year in this season. Uh, I thought he really demonstrated a lot of skills uh, that I didn't think he had in him um, in terms of the way he was playing defensively and in terms of the three-point efficiency, not just the shot-making and the volume. Uh, I mean, he was just an absolute killer uh, in catch-and-shoots all year. Um, I think that his, his ability to finish above the rim... I just didn't realize how much the Cavs had been missing something like that until they had it. Uh, I thought his playmaking was great. Um, and like he won the Cavs four or five games. They just wouldn't have won. Yeah. Um, with volume scoring over the course of the game, I mean, he, the guy scored 71 in a game uh, that where the Cavs needed every single one of those 71. Um, obviously the playoffs were, not the way you wanted it to end, but like I just think that he also found a way to fit next to Garland uh, right away. And, you know, so much, this was one of the big concerns I had in the aftermath of the trade was when you're a guy that year over year, your team starts building your offense more and more and more and more around you and to accommodate you, you sometimes guys get comfortable. And even, and I mean, we've seen it with Harden. We've seen it with, with Westbrook. Uh, we might be seeing it with Luca where it, when you get to, when you get to control the ball, whenever you want on every possession, it's really hard to go back to being like, well, Darius is going to run the next five sets. Um, and you know, I, I said this a few times uh, over the course of the year, but I do think it is reflective of, the kinds of dudes this team has, but you didn't see a lot of possessions where both Darius and Donnie were running to get the ball, to take it up court. You know, there wasn't this little push pull. And like, while obviously Darius gets a lot of credit because this was kind of his offense to run last year, Donovan came in supernova. He could have just, you know, staked his claim and said, I'm running the offense every time it matters, no matter what. And he didn't do that. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I thought he was a, uh, much more selfless player than I thought we were going to get. And, um, and even in the playoffs, like when things weren't going well, like he, I think his game and his decision-making it dropped off at times, but it didn't feel like he was like, I, none of this is working. I'm just going to take every single shot here. And maybe that would have been a benefit at times, but it seemed like he was still committed to trying to make things work to, to try to keep Darius involved, to try to keep Mobley involved. And he, even though it was a team wide failure in, in that way, like he was still kind of committed to making the thing work, which, which I, I thought spoke well uh, of kind of his whole approach to, to this Cleveland situation. Yeah, he was awesome. And I know you have a lot of great uh, Darius Donnie stats, and I'd like you just uh, to cue you up. Well, yeah, I, I mean, if you're talking about what went well this season, the partnership went really well. Uh, they had a pl uh, all these stats are uh, courtesy of cleaning the glass. So, again, no uh, garbage time factored into them. Uh, net rating together plus 8.9. 119.7 offensive rating, which is just phenomenal. 
Um, they were a plus 2.9 in the minutes with Donovan Mitchell, no Garland, plus 6.3 in the Garland Mitchell uh, minutes with no Mitchell. Uh, in 2021, 2022, the Cavs were plus 13.9 points better with Garland off the court, on the court, I should say, um, which was obviously one of the big talking points of that season, right? It was they were killing it in the Garland minutes. And when he went to the bench, there was nothing there. Uh, a largely impacted by losing Colin Sexton, losing Ricky Rubio, but they needed that secondary ball handling. And, and Karis LeVert, even though he had moments, the, it wasn't as consistent as what we got from Donovan Mitchell. They helped reduce that Garland bump from 13.9 to plus 5.8, which again, feather in the cap of Darius Garland that he moved the needle that much. But it, it's nice to see that that drop-off wasn't as dramatic um, this was also the first time in three years that Mitchell was on a team where the team was better with him on the court. That was one of the kind of the criticisms and hesitations that we had talking about Donovan Mitchell was, hey, this is a guy that's only had one season of league average efficiency. This is a guy who last two years, even though he was doing so much offensively, the team was better with him off the court. He's kind of in that DeMar DeRozan mold. That wasn't the case this year. The Cavs were 2.1 points better with him on the court. So it was really encouraging to see that the partnership worked. They both made each other better. And while they were making each other better, the team benefited from that. And the team as a whole was better, which is exactly what you would have wanted from this partnership. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard to snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Absolutely. I do want to talk about the Mitchell uh, no Garland minutes um, because I think some people might hear that stat and say, Oh well, Garland was better than Mitchell this season. You're, I guess, you're allowed to have that opinion. Um, but I do think something that is really reflected in that, that stat—the fact that you know it's Mitchell plus two point nine uh, when he's on the floor and Garland uh, is resting—I think that was really reflective of the kind of players that were on the floor in those minutes. That I think the Cavs really need to look to address this off season. Obviously, spacing really matters. And the most important part of Donovan on and Darius off is the best shooter on the team is sitting Mm -hmm. and he is often being replaced with shaky or inconsistent perimeter shooters while the front court shooting is not really improving 
meaningfully uh no matter how those those pieces are moved around so um i think donovan had to carry a lot of lineups that were not optimal on the offensive end of the ball um when darius sat and like and darius also missed more time too right like those were high stress really heavy load on donovan's shoulders minutes yep and i think like that's why a player like that's why this uh deadline i was pining for a guy like luke Kennard because it was like man i just see donovan have to work in such tight spaces when darius sits and if you're going to stagger those guys which you need to they're not going to get as many minutes together as they otherwise would so mm-hmm. uh you i feel like the Cavs need to uh kind of find ways to juice those minutes that it's just donnie without without darius on the floor and then all of a sudden uh you know you look at a 51 win team uh, and they could really take another huge jump, especially in the regular season. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I'm really happy that you brought that up because I do think it is reflective of the players around them. And, you know, early in the season when it was the two of them, there was experimenting because the whole kind of thesis of making this core work is you're going to have one of the guards and one of the bigs on the court at all times, right? Like we know they're all good together, but... Early in the season, I remember it was Donovan Mitchell and Evan Mobley trying to see, okay, do these guys have a two-man game going? Uh, later in the year, they found that it was better to have Jared Allen out there. He, he's the better screener. It really kind of helps open up Donovan Mitchell. And when Evan Mobley was having that awesome second half of the season that he had, a lot of it came. Those Garland Mobley minutes against second units were killers. Uh, with Garland and Mobley on the court with no Allen and no Mitchell, it was a plus 11.9 net rating. Like they just killed it this season. And finding those guys that have the right chemistry with Donovan, that you can have these second and third units that really put the pressure on opposing teams and uh, help increase your margin for error and open up, uh, you know, like give the opportunity to rest these guys more. Like I, I think that that is really, really important. And the lack of lineup versatility and other options to go to was definitely one of the things that we we saw kill the Cavs in the in the postseason. Absolutely, I want to uh, before we work, talk about things to improve. Uh, I think we got to hit our, uh, our our duo of backup point guards and Ricky Rubio and Howell Neto in terms of what went well. Yeah, so for Ricky, and this is funny because uh, I think back to even media day where I, there there was the concession on media day that Ricky's impact is probably going to be more off court in year one because this is going to be something that he's recovering from all season. It it was tough. You know, he did not have a good season. Um, I know uh, you had trepidations about the signing and and it did not work out on court this season. Um, The real positive is that he didn't have an injury setback, right? Like another injury uh, to that leg would have been devastating and would have impacted the ability for him to maybe come back and have a bounce back next year. So, from that standpoint, I, I think that was the biggest positive for Ricky Rubio. And when it comes to how old Neto, I liked his minutes, man. I, I thought he was competitive on the defensive end. I thought he stepped in. I, I would have actually liked to see him a little bit more than we did this season. Uh, even just to get the rotation comfortable with having another point guard coming in for when Ricky eventually came in. Um, I would have liked to see a few more Neto minutes. But uh, from a backup point guard perspective, especially on a team that has Darius, that has Donovan, and even Karras, who can kind of do some of those guard duties. I liked what Howell Neto gave them this season. Yeah, I, I think uh, a part of the the narrative um, of this Cavs season is the fact that 
the, the Cavs did have a lot of guys on roster spots that they did not end up really trusting or weren't able to rely on them in the postseason. I do not think Kyle Neto applies here. Um, I think he did everything you you should ask out of a third point guard on a team. Mm-hmm. Uh, he came in, uh, gave good minutes, uh, both off the bench. Uh, and I, did he have any spot starts? I, I don't, re- I don't recall um, a, a couple. Uh, but I, I feel like whenever he was always ready, um, and he flipped a couple games, uh, uh, in terms of being an irritant, uh, or energizing the rest of the team. Um, he is, he was just an amazing defender. I thought his finishing at the rim was really, really strong this year. Um, you know, cause he's not a shooter. He's just not, uh, he, he had a few threes here and there, but that clearly isn't part of his game, which, you know, I do think if the team is going all in on shooting this summer, you know, that, that could be a, a challenging spot for how despite all the other great things he brings to the team. Mm-hmm. But I just think you need a guy who's going to be a great practice guy who is always ready, who can be relied on to, uh, you know, like, and we talked about it with the playoffs, uh, right now, there are role players right now that are flipping games. Um, now hollow obviously didn't do that in the postseason, but he did in the regular season quite a few times. Um, and, you know, all you can ask for is is what he gave them this year. And to your point, I think they could have played him a little bit more. Mm-hmm. With Ricky, I, I feel like I have to just kind of agree. The fact that he did have a few moments where he kind of had that verve back, where he was hitting the corner threes, where uh, he was getting the team running a little bit. Um, but, I mean, it was a really hard half year for Ricky Rubio. There's just no way around it. We'll We'll talk more about it in the what needs to improve section. But, like, the fact that... He didn't aggravate the fact that he didn't, he played free. He didn't play great, but he did play, he didn't play afraid. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, I, I know these aren't the most outstanding wins, but like you have to, you have to kind of work your way up slowly when you have, you know, a devastating knee injury like that, especially for the second time in one name. Mm-hmm. I, I totally agree. And if you saw me looking a little sick while you were talking there, it's because I, I realized, even as someone that really prides himself on his ability to prep for a podcast, there was something I overlooked when we're discussing went well this season. And that is, of course, the video conferencing we get from Zoom, support from this podcast, and the following message comes from Zoom. Half a million businesses connect using Zoom, a single platform for phone, chat, workspaces, events, apps, and video. Zoom enables real-time collaboration for teams around the globe. Zoom, how the world connects. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. 
Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Now I'm the one that's sick. <laughs> well, we'll work on that, Carter, just like these guards will work on their games going into next season. We won't go into how Will Neto just because, you know, he's not under contract with the Cavs uh, going into next year. So we'll stick with Mitchell Garland and Rubio. And I, I'm curious because this is the one that I had the most trouble with when it came to Donovan Mitchell. Where would you like to see improvement with him? Um, You know, it was so hard because he just feels like such a maximized player. Um, and the stuff that made the postseason hard was just like, you know, it's stuff that's like really hard to be like, get better, you know, get better at not turning the ball over when play, there's play no better. space. Like don't have a few bad games here. Like don't miss the shots you normally make. Right. Like that's not actually constructive. Yeah. yeah. And I guess, I guess like what I'm hoping is, you know, I think people forget that this guy's young too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's not an old player, even though he's a old uh, for as compared to the rest of the Cavs. He's still only 26 years old himself. And I feel like all Donovan needs to do, the skill game is all there. The The handle is unbelievable. The finishing uh, with both hands, very, very good. He's got a great pull-up, both from mid-range and from three. Um, he, he makes, you know, he's not an elite passer, but he makes the reads that are there. I feel like the thing he needs to get better at is the thing that, every great player needs to get better at is just being a little more situation proof is, Mm -hmm. is figuring out what made his life so hard in that next series and figuring out some more counters to it. Um, and a lot of those counters are not, you know, it's, it's not like a bullet point on a, on a, on a, on a rundown that I can just put in. It's like, feel the game a little better, figure out how, uh, to make kind of the subtle movements to free yourself. Um, and some of that, and it's all so interdependent on scheme, on spacing, on everything. So I don't have a good answer for what Donovan needs to get better at. I just think he just needs to keep getting better at basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, like all great young players do. Yeah. It, it's funny because maybe, maybe this is my fault in how I label this, which is where would we like to see improvement? Whereas, where I'd like to see kind of growth in his game, which I guess is another way you could say improvement. But like what I would like to see from growth is him continuing to do what he does in terms of being that play finisher and being a chaotic defender, uh, being that guy that hits the tough shots for the Cavs and they rely on in those spots, doing that while also continuing to give more and more reps to both Darius Garland and Evan Mobley, understanding that these guys are going to need to be initiators in order for us to get to the highest level. And I think no matter what, like we, we talk about how Evan Mobley probably needs to be the best player on the team uh, if the Cavs are going to be a contender. I think that Donovan's still probably going to be the, the leading scorer on that team 
Evan Mobley might be the best player on the team and the third best offensive player on the team, right? Like I don't, I, when I think of an optimized Evan Mobley, I'm not thinking of someone that's going out averaging 25, 30 points per game. I'm thinking of a guy that impacts the game in so many ways that it, you really have to kind of watch and appreciate it to, to fully understand what's going on. But I do think, and I know I said this on the last podcast, but I think the, the team runs at its best when Garland has the ball in his hands and he's being assertive. So Donovan continuing to empower him as a leader to be that way, right? That was such a big story of game two was Donovan being in Darius's ear, telling him this is what we need from you in order to beat the Knicks. And, and they came out with such a dominant performance. Continuing to improve it as a leader in that way, empowering both Darius and Evan Mobley while still maintaining that aggressiveness and what made him an all-NBA player. Because I still want him to be that leading play finisher. I still want him going out there and having the big games because he's a truly, truly special offensive talent. Yeah, I think the only uh, the only like practical uh, adjustment is one that I'm uh, gonna I'm gonna throw at Darius's feet too, which is dude's got to play faster. Yeah, um, they, they, both uh, both Darius and Donnie really like to to walk it up and probe and like they got to get this team's pace up. Um, they they are the 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 kings of settling. Uh, you know, passing up good shots and the perfection of perfect shots um in in dribbling just a little bit too much and not starting the set till the 13 second mark on the shot clock and like i feel like these two dudes are going to set the tone there um for for the rest of the team and they will never play at the pace that they need to play if both Donovan and Darius are not egging each other on to get into their sets quicker. Again, this is not run fast breaks nonstop. This is run into your sets, mm-hmm. flow into your sets, bark at your teammates. If they're jogging into the sets, like both of them as play starters need to do that. So that's a Darius note and a Donovan note. Um, and like, that is one practical thing where I'm like, Hey, like you have to see how this is hampering what y'all are trying to do. Um, and it's just need. And at this level, you just can't have self-imposed wounds. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I feel like that probably transitions as well into Darius. But yeah, I feel like the pace uh, gauntlet has to be thrown at uh, Donnie's feet too. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And, and it's funny, like the Cavs 30th in pace, right? Do you know what it would take? How many more possessions per uh, 100 possessions they would need to jump up to, to get to like 12th in pace, Carter? Nope. It's four. Wow. Like that. that's the, that's the difference. Like... NBA teams, there's not a massive variance when it comes to, to you know, the, the pace stats that they have, but just getting up there, like you said, if you are starting all possessions earlier in the shot clock, not necessarily being a fast break running gun team, you can change those pace numbers really easily. And that's, that is something that they have left on the table and I would like to see them improve. Maybe some of that comes from all three levels, right? It's Darius and Donovan understand that they need to up the pace themselves. It's JB continuing to kind of emphasize that. And it comes on the front office to say, we're going to add the depth this summer. We're going to give you the supporting cast so that you don't feel like you have to conserve energy. We're, we're going to get quicker subs. We're going to have multiple functional lineups so that we don't have to rely on you uh, in these big games against better teams in these heavy minute loads. Because I think 
Honestly, and this is something that I probably, if I knew we were going here, maybe I could look it up somehow. But I feel like when they play better competition, they play slower because they're playing more minutes. All those possessions, they're valuing them differently. Whereas when they would play lesser teams, when they were playing lottery teams or teams below them in the standings, they played a little faster. They played a little looser. And even at home, they play faster and looser. And I, I think that's why you see the crunch time numbers look so much better. So I, I do think that it's something that maybe it needs to be emphasized at all three levels, but I could not agree more. I would love... Some, yeah, go ahead. Something that jumped out at me there is you kind of saying that, you know, they value those, those possessions more. And I agree. And what I would tell them is, hey, by walking the ball up and trying to survey your surroundings and slowing it down you're actually valuing them less you're valuing your time less mm -hmm. um and you just don't get to do that against good teams against good defenses um and this team was really good at winning rock fights and that's great um but they they have the talent to win in multiple ways and i think it is much more about mindset than personnel sometimes um and i think they can do it uh, I think moving on to Darius's improvements, his three-point attempts per 36 dropped year over year. Mm -hmm. Took 6.7 threes per 36 last year, 6.1 this year. And now you might be saying, hey, Donovan Mitchell's here. He's going to get less shots. His usage, point, his usage percentage only dropped about a percent, which means he just wasn't taking as many threes. Yeah. And... He probably had more. I don't have the numbers in front of me for this right now, but I would surmise he had way more open threes generated for him this year than he did last year. And you just can't. Like, I, I, I feel, I, I just feel like when you look at the math, the simple addition, because as much as we say basketball isn't algebra, it's not just a sum of your parts, sometimes it is a sum. It's a sum of how many three-point attempts your team gets up mm -hmm. and if if they if they're starting someone like Isaac Evan and Jarrett in the front court you might get in a in an average game three to four three-pointer attempts from them and you know if you're playing a guy like Karis or Jetty uh or Dean Wade you might get another five or six from there so you got about 10 that means Darius and Donnie got to get up another 20 to yep. get you to, to 33 point attempts, which is a very reasonable average attempt number uh, in the modern league. So you just don't get to take three threes or four threes in a playoff game, Darius. Like you have to pull, you have to set the tone because the whole floor is going to shrink with the personnel this team has. Like it, as much as people want to talk about the way two bigs cramps the spacing. Um, and you know, there are people who remain very skeptical that the offense can work at a playoff level playing two bigs. Mm -hmm. Well, it certainly isn't going to work if they don't shoot enough threes in the backcourt, but this is a, this is a backcourt that is so well equipped to be volume three point shooters. So Darius must improve his three point attempt volume, even at the, even at the expense of some percentage points. Mm -hmm. uh, I just feel like it's, it's very, very important and uh and as great as he was last year um that like that just that just like it's it's a big glaring red mark on his basketball reference page to me yeah it's 
it's the number one thing. Like his three-point percentage, career best three-point percentage, that to me just screams that you you shot nearly 42% from three. You didn't take enough. You are you're taking only good shots. And I, I know he's not taking only good shots. He he's hit plenty of crazy pull-ups. He, he's he's a ridiculous scorer. But he needs to take more. Like someone needs to be the Draymond Green to Kevin Durant and just tell him, like, you are a badass. You are that guy. You need to be assertive. You need like it's I get it. It's what you want from a point guard. He understands that I do have talent around me. I want to get all these guys involved. He's he's a selfless player, right? Like that's I think that's even translates to how he performs on the defensive end, right? Like he's giving effort. He's trying to be a winning player in every way. But taking more of those threes, being more assertive is going to open up more opportunities for everybody else. And the, the I, way that teams panic when they close out on Steph, they they break. Right now, Darius is 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 beating one man off the dribble and then attacking a set defense. There's, teams will go under on him sometimes. Yeah, that should it, never ever happen for a guy yeah. that that's as talented as he is as a scorer. And that's because they know he's looking to pass first in so many of these situations. And he needs to keep those defenses honest. I think that is the, like beyond the pace, if I had to change one thing, it's getting that three point rate up because I, I think the, his ability to, you know, cut down on his turnovers, improve on the defensive end. Like he is improving in every single facet of his game. And I think what, can take him from the level he's currently at, which I think is a, a clear all-star talent, even though he didn't make it this year. Um, I think what can take him from an all-star talent to an all-NBA talent is upping that three-point rate. It is, you know, scoring at that level because it's not going to change a lot with this team. Like we saw down the stretch, Evan Mobley was a 19-point-per-game player. Uh, Darius was getting his 22. Donovan was getting his 25, right? Like, it's not going to change the team dynamics. It's not going to stunt the growth of Evan Mobley. It's not going to hurt Donovan's game if he's take if more of his shots are coming from the three-point line. It is going to help this team. And I think it's one of the most obvious ways for them to raise their offense as a whole is by him being more consistently assertive. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my, look at that, he is! And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win! Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Darius with a 
with four to five feet of space should be a panic inducing moment for the defense mm-hmm. until it is um the there will be a ceiling on this offense playing with two bigs and maybe you know a a, a semi uh shooter in a guy like Karis Levert or or a guy who isn't guarded in Isaac Okoro like the only way to break those kind of conventions is to be so elite in the backcourt that you overwhelm it. That's mm-hmm. what we've seen with the Warriors year over year. So um, that that's those are my those are my improvements for those guys. And then for Ricky, you know, it's just a matter of like, hey, you're gonna have to be able to hit open threes again, um, mm-hmm. and you're gonna need to find ways to. Um, you're going to need to take those volume threes um, and and force teams to guard you. And really, if anything, I feel like this is a spot for JB and the coaching staff to improve. In my opinion, obviously Mm -hmm. not knowing all the context, you just can't guarantee him minutes. I agree. Um, I I feel like he is one guy that like he came back. He's so well loved. He's such a great leader that he got, rotation minutes when I do not think he had a better on-court product season than Howell Neto. Yeah. He um, he got he got minutes based on upside and what he had done the previous year trying to get that back rather than the merits of his actual season. I, I think that's that's fair to say. Yeah. And I, I feel like it left the Cavs in a really bad you know, talking about having how everything you do has to lead to the postseason. They burned all these reps and minutes on Rubio that and then it became very clear that he could not hang mm-hmm. in the next series um uh and he even got minutes in that series um whereas you know we talked about in our last pod about how jetty osman was guarding a point guard for the first time all season in game one of the postseason like you have to give jetty the if you're gonna get if you're gonna do that those kind of things you need to Make sure you're giving minutes to guys who are earning them in the regular season, so you so you can kind of figure your way out of uh, these tough situations. Because yeah, he just had a rough year, and um, I certainly don't feel like the Cavs can count on him to be a rotation player in the playoffs next year until he proves otherwise. So yeah, I don't want to I don't want to dogpile the guy. I mean, it, yeah, like if, we if, we and, get we get what he can do, right? We like, get we, it. We, and we by the way, the Cavs Ricky. told us the yeah. Cavs told us this. Uh, they signed Ricky. Before Donovan was traded uh, yeah. for, um, they weren't expecting to have to win a first round series, or it would be very disappointing. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I it think, was later on in free agency, right? It was yeah. okay. Joe Ingles is gone. Kyle Anderson's gone. All these guys are gone. Let's bring back Ricky. Let's like the thought process of having Ricky Rubio as someone that could mentor Darius Garland and Colin Sexton made a lot of sense, right? Like that's. That was the team building, the part of the team building process that they were at at the time of the signing. And that's not something that should be overlooked. And um, like the, I think the biggest thing with Ricky from an improvement standpoint is just continue to get physically right. Uh, Chris Vidor yeah. has mentioned, you know, potentially playing with Spain this summer to, to help get back in shape, to, to knock off some of that rust. Uh, like, I understand the thought process of playing him based on that upside, because we've seen that upside in a Cavs jersey. We know the difference that he can make, but it's it's going to be an uphill climb uh, for, for a player of his age coming off multiple uh, ACL tears. Like This is, this is going to be hard, but uh, I do think that he is a cerebral enough player that he can adapt his game. If he's physically right, I think he can adapt his game to 
be a, a productive player for the Cavs in the minutes that they need, which really isn't a lot when you have Darius Donovan and even Karis LeVert uh, if he is back with the team. Yeah, absolutely. Let's go into our grades, Carter. I'm just going to rifle them off here. Um, I, I don't think we need to spend too much time explaining our grades. Darius, I'm giving him an A-. Um, I, I, I I always struggle with grades. I, I, I was never one that got high grades. So I, I give, I'm, I'm, I'm one that is probably a little generous on these. Ricky, a C, uh, I felt, you know, C, C's fine. Uh, Neto B, given the kind of the expectations I had for his role, I, I thought he, he contributed well. I was very happy with him. And Donnie, an A. Like, a, Donnie was awesome this season, all NBA. I, I, I think, I, I think A plus is too hard to give to almost any player that's not in like that top five Nikola Jokic type. Uh, tier, but I I feel good about giving Donnie an A. Where where are you at, uh, Darius? I went with an A minus. Um, just a really great continuity season for him year over year. But you know, a few things that jump out at you that you go, you know, uh, that keep you from going all the way. Rubio, I went to C minus, but honestly, I think I'm grading on a curve there. I think I'm being. I think it's because of the the fact that he's coming off the injury, um, and what was fair to expect of him. I think the encore product was probably worse than that, to be honest. Um, but like you have to, you know, I feel like I needed to contextualize it and I went with a C minus, uh, Neto, I went with a B just, uh, you know, perfect pass passing group. You know, that's a 3.0 GPA man. Uh, and he, he, I think he gave perfectly acceptable play for his role, uh, and happy with the B Donnie. I went with a minus, um, and I kind of feel like I'm being mean um yeah i think uh, you're being a dick given that he was uh you know uh, should have been first team all nba but a big part of the reason you trade for donovan mitchell is because he is a playoff player you know top 10 mm. all-time points per game in the postseason and he had a bad playoff series that's fair i really only think he had one good game uh he had a couple okay games in there but really only one good one and when you compare to his standard yes when you give up three first round picks and a couple swaps and three really good young players that your organization likes. I think you are, I think the bar raises for a guy like Donnie and one, one objectively good game uh, is insufficient. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, it's one of those things where uh, he, you know, he tripped up at the finish line. I think it would have been an a plus if not for the way the postseason went. Uh, But I feel like you got to dock him a little bit. So I'm going with an a minus. I think that's fair. The final segment before we wrap this thing up is does this position group, the Cavs guards, does this need to be addressed in the off season? And I mean, (laughs) I think that comes down to one central question, which is do the Cavs need a backup point guard like in general? Because I I think the minutes are always going to be split with Darius and Donovan Uh, in all likelihood. Ricky is going to be back. He's under contract for next season. We'll, We'll see what's available on the sign and trade market, but I just don't feel like a big need to have a backup point guard. I, I think you'd likely still kind of sign a, a third point guard uh, to, to be in that Neto role. I obviously would love to have Neto back, but I, I just don't know if that'll be in the cards. I, I just, I, I don't feel a sense of urgency here because you have Darius, you have Donovan. I think the wing positions need to be prioritized because you can even have Karras do some of these playmaking responsibilities. I just, I don't feel like there is a need for the Cavs to really address the guard positions this season. Yeah, I think season. the yeah, I think the answer kind of depends on 
how they attack this offseason. You know, if if Karras is 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 retained, then all of a sudden it gets a lot easier to say, nah, we don't really need to double down our investment when we're already invested in Ricky. We already have Darius, Donnie, and Karras who can play point guard. We could play a little bit bigger, give ourselves some positional versatility. You know, you don't want to like spend biannual exception money or more mid-level exception money uh, at point guard when you already invest in Ricky. I think that'd be kind of doubling down uh, and also making kind of precluding Ricky from being able to show what you signed him for. Um, so I don't think they'll go with a big splash unless they make some roster moves that really uh, make that an obvious choice. But I do think they should look for a, a slightly higher upside young player mm. um, uh, at, at the position. Uh, you know, you look at a guy like Aaron Holiday, who has kind of bounced around and and shown some stuff, but you know, been been a little hit and miss. You look at a guy like Kobe White. Um, you know, maybe they try to second draft someone um, at the position that doesn't necessarily inherently deserve a rotation minutes, or maybe they use their second round pick. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I think it's I think it's Nimhard. I always forget the guy's name uh, in Indiana who was a second round pick at Gonzaga. You know, big big bodied point guard that looked really. That looked really good for them. So um, I think that's way, the way I'd like to see them uh, kind of pursue. I think they should look to add an archetype that works for them, uh, a skill set that works for them, you know, someone who can how, shoot do, the how ball. How do you feel about Sharif Cooper uh, w- with the charge? Uh, like maybe, you know, a uh, potential candidate for a two-way spot. Do, do you find him interesting enough to, to kind of fall into that mold? Uh, maybe. His shooting splits in the G League scare me a little bit. They're not great. Um, and, and typically if you're not putting up good splits in the G league, it's hard to get them in the NBA. That's, Um, that's where I'm at with them, you know, shooting under 32% from three, uh, 43% from the field. Like, I think he's a special passer. And I, I think like his basketball IQ is high enough that like, I like having him around. I like having him in the system, but I mean, outside of a two way spot, I just wouldn't feel I, I like like you said it, the the efficiency just isn't at the level and obviously you know he is a little smaller when it, when it comes to size he's not contributing on the defensive end so yeah it's I I don't know if I I would go with an NBA contract for him but you know continuing to develop someone like I I think vision like that and, and the passing he has isn't something that you can necessarily teach so I I get why you would try to to continue to develop that talent but I think that. The three-point shot is probably the one thing uh, holding him back in my eyes. Yeah, I think so, too. So, uh, you know, if they decide uh, to take a shot on him, I think they know him better than I'm going to know uh, yeah. him. So, uh, but, yeah, I think I think they will sign another point guard. It's just a matter of, you know, are, are they going to go with a Wiley vet or are they going to go with uh, someone with maybe a younger that's a little bit higher upside? A guy like Dwayne Washington Jr., um, who I think has shown some good minutes uh, here and there uh, in the league. Just, you know, those are some names that you can kind of pull out of a hat. You know, you're not going to hit a home run with your third point guard most of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how they invest in that position. Yeah, it is going to be interesting. But, you know, it's, it does feel good. Now, we have such a, a strong one-two punch when it comes to the guards. I, 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 I'm already getting impatient, man. I, I want more Cavs basketball. I want to see what the. I want to see what this off season looks like. I want to see what next year looks like. I, I'm, I'm, I'm itching. I'm fiending. I, I can't wait for it, Carter. This brother, is, I just, brother, I just checked the box score. Nuggets, uh, 
uh, Lakers. LeBron has 27 with five minutes left in the second quarter. He, he had 21 in the first. Uh, That's we, awesome. We, we should probably uh, run over and uh, start watching that. Um, but Carter, this is uh, this is a historic podcast because you know why? Why? This is the last time we're going to podcast before the Winnipeg Sea Bears. Start. Oh baby, Sea Bears inaugural Sunday season is underway. <laughs> we're going to get Sea Bears updates. They already opening night, Carter. CEBL history for the largest crowd in league history sold out. Winnipeg knows ball, Justin. They they know ball sold out already expanding, adding extra seats, getting more people in butts and seats. We're going to be getting updates. (laughs) Probably not in a lot of time. Uh, Can't wait. That's maybe just a little too self-indulgent, but I'm I'm excited to at least get some. If basketball. we don't do at least sixty seconds a pod, I'm never gonna forgive you. <laughs> okay, uh, we'll 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 stick to that, and, and hopefully our listeners don't hate us. And big thanks to everyone tuning in live on YouTube. We really appreciate you guys hanging out with us. Um, if you want to support us, like, subscribe, click notification bell so you know when we're going live. If you're listening via podcast, leave us a rating, leave a review, subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe, and help cook those books. If you want to be part of Chase Down's exclusive Discord chat, send a screenshot of that review to chasedownpod at gmail.com. However you choose to support us, we really do appreciate it. Make sure you guys are staying safe out there. Until next time, go cat. chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen and with resi priority notify and global dining access through my amex platinum card right this way it's nice to try someone else's food for a change that's the powerful backing of american express terms apply learn more at americanexpress.com slash with amex whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.